Kaepernick, bigger figure than football, probably not playing. I don't think he'll be signed by the Raiders. Hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to a Memorial Day edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings. Produced by Brian Neal. My music producer is Sam Brandt. I come to you from Sam Brandt's apartment in Los Angeles. In fact, his recording studio that he does so much work, like the one he did with this music under us right now. It's a Brandt's Rants edition, Memorial Day edition of the Business of Sports. The business of the NFL never seems to slow down, even in this quote-unquote slow time, where all that's really going on is off-season workouts. But I got a lot to talk about, so I'll do it. Let's get right to it. Number one, Cap, Kaepernick. Probably one of the most talked-about players in the NFL over the last five years is Colin Kaepernick. And oh, by the way, if you didn't know already, he has not taken a snap in the NFL. So let's repeat. He's one of the most talked about players in football the past five years and has not played. Think about that. Of course, for all the reasons that we know, for his kneeling during the national anthem, for his stance about inequities and police brutality that he brought up so many years ago that were, quote unquote, adopted by the NFL in the summer of 2020 and what was going on with George Floyd. So a lot of his feelings and stances were taken seriously, albeit several years too late. The other thing about Kaepernick, from a legal point of view, and you know I'm a lawyer, there will be lawyers, there was a collusion lawsuit, and Kaepernick settled that suit. We don't know how much, but he has been relative and persona non grata for the NFL in terms of workouts. There was a workout clumsily arranged by the NFL a few years ago, if you remember, And then it got all messed up because he wouldn't sign the waiver the NFL wanted. He didn't like the venue. They went off to a high school venue. Some scouts showed up. A lot of them didn't show up when they moved the venue. Anyway, nothing happened out of that. But lo and behold, the reason I'm talking about this is last week, the Las Vegas Raiders had him in for a tryout. Ironically, on the same day, John Gruden was in court suing the Raiders and the NFL and winning a motion to keep it out of arbitration into open court. But back to Kaepernick, he works out. Now, the comments from Coach Josh McDaniels and General Manager Dave Ziegler were very vanilla afterwards. We work out a lot of players. We do a lot of things. We keep a ready list. We check out a lot of tryouts, which translates, for you should know, we're not signing. (laughs) They're not signing Colin Kaepernick. Listen, again, I could be proved wrong, but I think people look at Kaepernick like, okay, they're going to sign him. No, they're not going to sign him. A couple of reasons. The most obvious one is he hadn't played football in five years. And that may not be his fault. It may be the NFL's fault. It may be punitive actions toward him, if not collusive actions that have kept him out of football. But they're not signing him. He's been away for five years. And those comments from the coach and the GM only really adhere to the fact that they're not going to sign him. The big reason I think he hasn't been signed is there's a lot of stuff around Kaepernick, as we all know. And that stuff, for lack of a better phrase, is what's keeping people from signing him. They'll take a lot of attention and potentially drama, they meaning the teams. If it's a star player, sure. If it's a star player, at what comes along with it, comes along with Aaron Rodgers, comes along with whoever may be Tom Brady, whatever. There's stuff that comes along with the superstars. That's fine. But it shouldn't come along with a backup player, a down-the-line player. Teams want backup down-the-line players to be anonymous football guys. And Colin Kaepernick, even though he may have changed and, and is willing to sort of fit in, 
of course. That's not what teams are looking for. So for the reason he hadn't played a long time, teams don't want to deal with drama on backup players, I don't think he'll be signed. Listen, Colin Kaepernick will be in a chapter on the NFL, even in not playing, because he changed the tenor of how the NFL feels about racism and things like that. It did take the tragedy of George Floyd to bring Kaepernick's message back into play four years later, but he has brought an element to the NFL that made him kind of a mythical figure. Again, he didn't speak to the media a lot, and he has had some impact. And I don't think the NFL giving money to social causes, as much as that's criticized as kind of vanilla causes, would have happened without Kaepernick. So that's a major impact to get the NFL owners to spend, to go to prison reform meetings as they have with Malcolm Jenkins and Anquan Bolden. That has all happened in some part, maybe small, maybe big part to Kaepernick. So that's my rant about Kaepernick. Bigger figure than football, probably not playing. I don't think he'll be signed by the Raiders. Second thing I want to talk about, Dan Snyder, Washington Formerly Redskins, formerly football team, now commanders. A lot of my friends and family who live around the Washington, D.C. area, like Andrew, when can we get him out? And the report by Jared Bell of USA Today last week got people excited, got people interested, got people wondering, well, maybe they can get out. And that report was, hey, the owners are, quote unquote, counting the votes to get Snyder removed as owner of the Washington commanders. Now, when they say that, then we're talking about, oh, can they get to 24? Because that's what you need, three quarters of NFL owners to vote him out, 24 votes to vote him out. Well, my response is a couple things. Good luck with that, and don't hold your breath. I get it. Listen, I've been as critical as Daniel Snyder anyone. I've told the story of my friend picking up his daughters from Daniel Snyder's house, Daniel Snyder. My friend says, hey, Dan, he, Snyder says, it's Mr. Snyder to a 50-year-old guy. Like, come on, who does that? I'm born and raised down the street from Daniel Snyder. I never saw him. We went to different high schools. I don't know him. I saw him at league meetings. We don't have a relationship. I've been critical. But I just don't think he's going to get kicked out. Yeah, there's a litany of things that have gone wrong. One, the decades-long resistance to change the name. Two, financial improprieties about visiting team ticket revenue that have been in the news the past few weeks. Three, a toxic workplace with sexual harassment, which I've talked to people on this podcast about, some of the women that were treated in this toxic workplace and sexualized and told not to wear uh, flats, only high heels, not to wear pantsuits, only wear dresses and short dresses, all those kind of things. And then a personal accusation by a former cheerleader that Dan Snyder groped her at a dinner and tried to push him into his limo. All of that is on the table. And he's already been disciplined $10 million and removed from day-to-day operations, allegedly, where the wife, Mrs. Snyder, is handling that role for the NFL. Having said all that, he's a survivor. There have been problems with Dan Snyder for who knows how long, maybe decades. We keep hearing about these things. And his fights with his former partners and his fight with his former general manager, Bruce Allen, and the leaked Gruden emails coming back to him, all these kind of things have been out there but he survives. He lasts. He isn't even protected by the commissioner, which seems to be part of the commissioner's role to protect these owners. And he must have allies. 
It's no secret he's close or has been close as far as I know with Jerry Jones, who wields tremendous influence among NFL owners and has a lot of gusto and bravado to push owners certain ways, such as moving to LA with the Stan Kroenke building. But there is something going on with Snyder where he has protection. So yeah, there may be some, some people trying to count votes, but they're not going to get them. They're not going to get them. They're not going to get 24 votes to remove Daniel Snyder. And if they even start getting close, the one thing we know about Snyder, he's extremely litigious. And this will be held up in litigation, court, depositions, whatever, for pick a number, a year, two years, five years, who knows? So to my friends, to my family, to those Washington fans that would like different ownership, don't hold your breath. Now, they have a good president, Jason Wright has been on my podcast. He's he's trying to change the culture there. And of course, Ron Rivera is an adult, is a professional, is a revered head coach in the league. So they're trying to get it right on the football side. They're trying to get it right on the business side. That's the ownership side. We'll see. I don't think there's going to be a change. Again, some people have been hopeful about that. And I understand your hope for a new ownership there, but it's just not happening. Okay. That's my rant about that. Now, I want to take a word from our new sponsor, Shopify. Shopify is it's just something I use. It really gives it, excuse me, it gives entrepreneurs all the resources they need so they can act like a big business. It's as startups can do just like big businesses. You can put your business on a plane that it hasn't been before. Some of the things it can do, it's uh, reinventing tools for growth. Millions of businesses are helping them succeed every day. Shopify believes in liberating commerce for all because entrepreneurship has the power to drive communities forward and commerce can be good for all. Shopify unlocks that opportunity. Really great for entrepreneurs to move, to, to move product every day. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur makes their first sale on Shopify. It instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. It's more than a store. It connects with customers. It manages your day-to-day. It has thousands of integrations with third-party apps, from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and beyond. So it's more than a short, more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash BOSNFL. That's business with sports NFL, all lowercase. You've got a free 14-day trial. Get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash BOSNFL right now. Shopify.com slash BOSNFL. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I also want to talk about a contract that came out, the Cleveland Browns signing David Nyoku. I didn't understand this contract. I still don't understand this contract. Again, we don't know full reports. We don't know full details. These are media reports. But what I've heard from so many reports is that the Cleveland Browns signed a four-year contract with David Yoku for $56.75 million. 
that's an average of about 14.2. It has 28 guaranteed. I'm like, what? David Nyoku? <laughs> so again, we have to see this is real or this is imagined. But here's the thing. I've only talked about a couple contracts on the podcast over the past several months. And mentioning this one is really along with mentioning the other one I talk about all the time for Deshaun Watson. So now we're talking about the same two teams. Like what is going on with Cleveland? Now they overpaid Watson for a lot of different reasons. He's the strongest and most secure contract in the NFL in NFL history because of full unfettered guarantees for five years because of a $46 million average and because of the bonus structure this year that prevents against losing a lot of money in suspension. Now, Nyoku, again, reported a 14-2 average. That puts him right up there with the top three guys, with Kelsey, with Kittle, uh, and Mark Andrews. I'm like, what? David Nyoku? Again, I'm not a scout, but he doesn't appear to be in that category. I'm not sure what's going on with Cleveland. Again, we have to see the reports, but David Nyoku should not be the fourth highest paid tight end in the league. It doesn't make sense. It's a continuation of this situation where now they have the highest paid quarterback in the history of the league and the fourth highest paid tight end. And I don't think anyone would consider Deshaun Watson one of the top three or four players in the league for that position. I don't think anyone would consider David Yoku one of the top three or four or five players at that position. Here we go. What is going on with the Cleveland Browns? They seem to have smart people up there. Paul D. Podesta is still up there. Andrew Berry. I think a lot of those guys but I don't know what's going on with these contracts. Again, we have to see what the real deal is on that, and I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I'll be back to you on that. Okay, let's stay in the same division. I have another rant. Same division. The Pittsburgh Steelers have hired Omar Khan as their new general manager. Let me tell you about Omar Khan. We grew up in the business together. That's how long he's been there. So I'm negotiating contracts for the Packers from 1999 to 2009, Omar's doing it the entire same time. He has been with the Steelers, I don't know, 20 plus years. So Omar Khan gets the job as general manager. Kevin Colbert stepping down. Of course, they'll have other people involved on the personnel side. And that's what I want to talk about. Omar, as I just mentioned, comes from my background in the NFL. Cap contract negotiations, dealing with agents, dealing with the salary cap liaisoning with the NFL Management Council, dealing with player discipline, player issues. He's going to take that background into the big chair for the Cleveland Browns. So I'm sorry, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, sorry. For the Steelers, who is, so I guess what I'm saying is this is at the same time an out-of-the-box hire and a totally predictable hire. Let's start with totally predictable. The Steelers are as in-house as it gets. They've only had three coaches the past half century. They have consistently signed their own draft and develop, except for stepping out now and then for a Micah Fitzpatrick or so. That's their style, continuity, family ownership, the Roonies. It has been in the family forever, and it now stays in the family on the GM side. Omar Khan ascending to that role. An out-of-the-box hire, because like Kevin Colbert, most GMs come from scouting backgrounds. They come from backgrounds of people that are bird-dogging around the country, especially on the college side. And so this is a bold move in that sense, going for the cap contract negotiator-style GM, which has come out a few places, Mickey Loomis in um, 
New Orleans and of course Howie Roseman in Philadelphia that had used that background to really get over on other GMs with some shrewd negotiations, especially on trades around the draft. So we'll see if Omar brings that added value of a cap contract negotiator. My quick thought on that, on, on the GM role, is I've talked about this before. I'm not sure the GM should come from any of the three backgrounds that I talk about in football operations, whether it be scouting, coaching, or cap contract management, because they are relatively different backgrounds. A GM should have all of that kind of consensus building under him. And maybe a GM should come from somewhere that has managed multi-million and billion dollar assets, even if out of sports and out of football. Then hire an Omar to do cap contract, then hire a scouting guru, then hire a coaching, obviously. So where we are today is these assets are all valued at two and a half, three, three and a half, four billion dollars. I don't I'm not sure you want a scouting type or even someone who's been doing contracts, well, maybe better that, to manage this. We're talking about a new age where we just, you know, it used to be back in the day you'd have kind of an old coach be your GM. Then it got to an old scout. Now it got to now some cap managers. But I think we're going to get to a day where we have someone that is involved with multinational, multi-level corporation management coming in to do the same with football teams because that's what they're worth. They're worth the same as multi, you know, these huge conglomerate corporations now at two and a half, three billion dollars. But my point is back to Omar. Omar is someone that I think is important. We see an in-house hire for the Steelers. He's been there forever. He's worked his way up. He's a subscriber to my newsletter. I've known him forever. And uh, kudos to Omar Khan and kudos to the Steelers for making this impressive hire. Someone that's been right in their nose all these years for that. My final rant, moving, staying in the AFC, is a big news coming. The Denver Broncos are going to be sold. Now, we've known this for a while. They've had a lot of person, uh, I guess, personality issues within the Bolin family. Pat Bolin, the former owner, the late owner of the uh, Denver Broncos. And there are a lot of heirs to Pat Bolin. He had a couple marriages. There are a lot of kids. And they couldn't work it out. So it's going to be sold. The sale being run by Joe Ellis, who's the CEO of the Broncos, who comes from the NFL rolls right into running the Broncos from a league, high, high senior level league position. And here's my feeling, what's going to happen? It's going to be a monster sale. We have the most recent sale in the NFL and the biggest sale being 2275 for the Carolina Panthers. This will exceed that. And in some thought is maybe double it and maybe get close to 5 million by billion and maybe get close to the 5-2 billion that Chelsea FC just sold for. They have narrowed the groups down. Now we have five groups and they all have tremendous resources. The groups in line for bidding for the Denver Broncos are one led by Todd Bowley. I just mentioned Chelsea. Todd Bowley has Chelsea. So Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital have extensive funding. Todd Bowley could come out of this summer having owned Chelsea, the LA Dodgers, and of course the Denver Broncos. Another group is, is run by Josh Harris from Apollo Global Management Hedge Fund. Josh owns the Philadelphia 76ers and a piece of the 
New Jersey Devils. Uh, Magic Johnson is part of that group. Again, highly capitalized with a famous name in the mix. A third group is the Ishbia group. Uh, these are mortgage bank. Uh, these are mortgage people that have made a ton of money there. They've also got a Greek billionaire investor. I believe the name. I don't have it correctly. Maybe Alex Antimonopoulos is part of that group as well. Of course, well-funded. But speaking of well-funded, the most well-funded group is certainly that of Rob Walton. That is the Walmart family. Stan Kroenke, as we know, the second richest NFL owner. Uh, he's from the Walton family too. He married into it. This guy is the Walton family. And there's a net worth report of this guy at $58 billion. Then there's an unknown group to make out the fifth group. So these five are vying for the Broncos. And just a, a quick inside how they pick ownership in the NFL. I'm not exactly, I, I haven't been privy to the process, but I know these ownership groups are all vetted and they're vetted for personality, but maybe most importantly, vetted for uh, financing, vetted for funding, vetted for how substantial are their resources. And the NFL, the bottom line is the bottom line. They would love to pick an owner who can write a check. Now, to write a check for $4 billion plus is going to be a major ask, but they're going to look at these net worth numbers. They're going to look at these values. And that's why I tend to handicap this with Walton as the favorite because of his extensive funding, uh, you know, personal funding of $58 million. He could write a check for $5 billion. To point. To my point, I just mentioned the Carolina Panthers, the most recent sale in the NFL, two two seven five billion. I am told by a reliable source that there were groups out there offering more, maybe up to two five, which would have been two hundred twenty five million more. But but they were leveraged; they had debt. And David Tepper, the hedge fund from Andalusia Management Property, that he could write that check. He could write that check. Now, again, I don't know if he wrote the whole 2275 in one check, but he could write a lot of it. He could write a lot of it. So David Tepper won the bidding for the Carolina Panthers, I am told, with less of a bid than other groups because it was less capitalized, less leveraged, writing a check. That's what NFL owners want. And that's what any ownership group wants. They want someone to come in and put their skin in the game right away and have the ability to do that. So we're going to watch the Broncos. We should have announcement on a new owner by training camp, and then all the paperwork and lawyers and all that has to go through. Hopefully by the season, a month later, you will see in place at these owners' meetings, NFL owner. And that's the last point. The NFL likes a face of a team. They've even relaxed the rules about what a primary owner has to own because these franchises have become so valuable. It's hard to know if they have that. And these family ownership groups like the Browns with the Bengals, like the Spanos family in LA, and of course, like the Roonies in Pittsburgh may not have those funds. So they relax those rules to help out family ownership business that don't come in. And the NFL is the only one of the major sports league that does not allow corporate ownership not allow PE groups, private equity groups to come in and own. It has to be a face. It has to be a person, a human representative rather than a corporate face like we have in some of these other uh, teams and situations around professional sports.
All right. Those are my rants. I want to give a word from the sponsor I use and love so much. That is AG, Athletic Greens. I use it every day. I put it in my water first thing in the morning. I stir it up. It gives me all the nutrients I need. I eat healthy, you know that, and exercise, but sometimes I don't feel like I get the greens. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, it's dairy-free, it's gluten-free. I don't have to take all these supplements. You know, I don't have to take a multivitamin. It's uh, it's just a micro habit that I've used for years. It's been 10 years I've probably been taking athletic greens. I think you should too. It's an easy way to double down on your health and make sure you're getting what you need on the green side. I know people get what they need on other sides, whether it be protein or whatever it mean, and whatever it be, but it's the greens that you really need to reclaim your health. Arm your immune system. You get convenient daily nutrition. And it's just a scoop of cup in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for all the pills, the supplements. That's it. So Athletic Greens is now going to give a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash BOS. That's Business of Sports. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash BOS. Take advantage and take ownership of your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance AG for Athletic Greens. That'll do it. I want all you to follow me on Twitter. Of course you do at Andrew Brandt, but I have this newsletter. If you're not getting it already, go to andrew-brandt.com, get the newsletter, andrew-brandt.com slash SBL, Sports Business That's where I give you a daily video every single day in a weekly meeting. So if you want to get on that, andrew-brandt slash B-O-L. I'm sorry, andrew-brandt.com slash S-B-L. Give our podcast a rating if you would. I really appreciate it. Share it with a friend. Apple Podcast rankings are always appreciated. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal. Thanks to my son, Sam Brandt, for not only making the music under us, but allowing me to use his studio this week to record this podcast. I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.